Okay, we are learning Daf Yud Aleph. We're starting from the Mishnah. So the Mishnah says, Osin You're allowed to make a fence around a roof or a second story sort of gallery. Masa Hedjot, as long as you're making the fence in a non professional way, have a little when you can't do it the way that a craftsman professionally would do it. So the basic idea here is that even though you're making, you're doing malacha, you're building a fence, you're allowed to do this on Cholamoy because it's a Sarachamoy. You want to be able to use the area well. If you want to use the area well, you want to have the fence around it. So since you're doing it in somewhat of a tzarachamoid, so you're allowed to do it. You have a license to do the work, to do the malacha. However, the Mishnah is still teaching that even though you have the license to do it, it still shouldn't be done um, in an absolute professional way. And the Gemara will tell us uh, what exactly is a way to, to make a fence non-professionally. Continues the Mishnah, Shafin es hastakin. You're allowed to smear the cracks. So Rashi learns here that you have cracks in an oven, in the bottom, the floor of an oven. Uh, so the idea is that you want to smear some plaster over it, and you're allowed to smear it. You could flatten it even with a roller, which is a much bigger chiddush, because a roller is like, you know, some sort of, it seems like it's more professional, but you're still allowed to flatten it with a roller. Or you could use your hand and your foot to flatten it. You can't use something really fancy implement called a machlatzaim, right? It seems like we're going to see more about this in the Gemara, but it seems like there's a really foot-shaped block here that you use to press and seal the crack, so it's absolutely more professional, and that can't be done. So a roller, the Mishnah seems to say was okay, but a machlat saim seems to be a little bit more extremely professional and therefore cannot be done. But again, we will see some more details here in the Gemara. So all of this idea, the caveat that when you do malacha it can't be done professionally. That's all when you're talking about doing malacha l'tzarachamoid. But a different case, hatzir v'hatzinar, let's say the pivot or the socket of a door broke or a korah, or the, the korah is the cross beam across the uh, door frame. Vahamano, the lock, or the key, in any of these cases, if they break in Cholomoed, so now you have a scenario of Dabar Havad, because if you don't fix these things, then you're inviting thieves into your house. It's going to be, they're going to come in, it's not protected, it's not secure, they can come in, take things. So that's a question of Dabar Havad, a tremendous loss of money. So then, you can fix them on Cholomoed, and you don't even have to deviate in any way. You don't have to do it unusually, you don't have to do it non-professionally, because when the heter is Dabar Havad, if I don't do this, it's going to be a loss of money, so then you're allowed to do it completely and the most professional way possible. However, the Mishnah says there's one condition. You can't have planned to do it on Cholomoed, meaning if it broke on Cholomoed, and now you're stuck, so now you're allowed to do it. Since it's Dover Havad, you're allowed to do it even without making any changes whatsoever, even professionally. But if it, if, if it happened before and it was just convenient for you to wait and do it on Cholomoed, then you're not allowed to do that. You can't time it so that you're going to make the repairs on Cholomoed. Continues the mission of All pickled food that you want to pickle that you could theoretically eat at some later point on the Moed, goes and you're allowed to pickle them. So the meaning we're talking about whether or not you're allowed to pickle food. Pickling food could theoretically be a, be a malacha as you're preserving and hardening the food. So we're saying, though, that if it's going to be related to something that you might eat later on the moe, then that's okay. Now, you're not just preserving it for after the, the, the regular, you're going to eat it later. You're pickling it now. You're putting it away, but you might eat it. Um, it will be pickled very quickly. It might be ready to eat. So in other words, it sounds like the conditions are like how long it take, the pickling process takes. If the pickling process doesn't take so long, and you'll still theoretically be able to eat it on cholamoid, so then it would be allowed. But if it's not going to be able to be in cholamoid, it would not be allowed. First, we start off analyzing the law of making a fence. <coughs> so we said you can make a fence around the roof as long as it's not professional. How do you make a railing not professionally? You use palm, different types of branches here as opposed to a real bona fide wall. You can even pile stones together, but as long as you don't cement them together with mortar, then it's considered non-professional and you're allowed to do it that way. 
The Mishnah says, You're allowed to smear plaster. I don't know if they cracks. Presumably we're talking about the cracks on the floor of an oven. You could smear the plaster over them and flatten them even with a roller. And then the Mishnah added, you could also flatten them with your hand or your foot. So the Mishnah says, Hashem, Megillah, Amachari. First you said you could even use a roller. That sounds more professional. You're using a roller clue. And then the Mishnah says, or be out of a regal, that you could also use your hand and your feet. So the Mishnah says, Mibai, is that a chedesh? Once you tell me you could use a roller, which seems a bit more professional. Once you do that, then obviously it goes without saying that you can seal it with a hand or a foot. So why does the Mishnah have to say a hetar to do it with your hand or a foot? So the Gemara explains how to come. This is the way you read the Mishnah. Shavnas is like, no, so you can smear plaster over the cracks and flatten them using your hand or your foot, similar to the way you would do if you were using a roller. Meaning the Mishnah never said you could use a roller. It was saying that as long as you're doing it non-professionally, where you're not using a roller, then it doesn't make a difference if the results are so good that it would be as if you had used a roller. As long as you're doing with your hand or your foot, it's okay, even if it comes out the same way it would come out if you used a roller. Then the Mishnah follows up that you cannot actually use a machlatzayim, which is a specific implement that makes it um, that makes it flat and really good. And the pashup shot would be that after the Gemara has made its point, it, it, it makes its point that you can't really use a roller either. So in other words, the point that the Mishnah is saying is you have to deviate in the way that you do it. You can. Um, you, you, can, you can smear plaster, but you can only smear plaster when you're doing it in a non-professional way, using your hand or your foot to, 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 to flatten it. And the point is, we don't care about how good it, the result ends up being. Even if it ends up being as good as if it would be as if you use a regular roller, that's okay. But to actually go and use the roller or the machlatayim, so then that's going to be considered a mice, a professional way of doing it, and then it would not be allowed. Continues the You said the pivot, the socket, the Korah that we're breaking, or the key, the lock, all these things are allowed to be fixed. So the Gemara says, we have another Mishnah contradiction. The Mishnah appears in Meister Shani. And here, the context of the Mishnah is all the things that Yochan and Kohen Gadol made new takanos, he made new halachos in Yushalayim. So we say, Ad Until his days, the hammer used to, used to hear the, 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 the sound of a hammer on Cholamod in Yushalayim. Why? Because whenever you do something that was Davar Avod, it was Meikar Adin, essentially the halachos, you're allowed to do Davar Avod. So sometimes you would hear the hammer in Yerushalayim. But what can, we, what can we infer from that? Adam of in. It was only until his days that people were allowed to use tools on Cholamoid. He must have made a new legislation that you're not allowed to use tools on Cholamoid. It was a new takana of Yochan and Kohen Gadol not to use tools. So how could our Mishnah be matir fixing the door frame and the key and the lintel and all these things? Clearly these things require tools. So the Kabar is asking, don't we see from over here that there was a new takana from Yochan and Kohen Gadol not to use tools on Cholamoid? Even presumably, even if it was Davar Avod. So the Mars is low cash, it's not difficult. Khan bin enough in the Mishnah that Asr using is only talking about using a blacksmith thing. That makes a lot of noise. It's metal, bing. Khan bin Agri. Here we're dealing with a carpentry work with wood. And then it doesn't make as much noise. So his issue is not using Kalim, it's the using Kalim, like the blacksmith where banging is much have is much louder. Says in my master of Chista, you know that that's such a distinction is too is too subtle. Yomer, you know what people are gonna say? Kala Rabba. Asir, if it's a very loud noise, you say it's Asir. Kala zutar shari, but a soft little noise, you're saying is mutter. In other words, it's too, it's too small of a distinction. If Rabbi Yochanan Kandal didn't want noises to be made by Kalim, so then we can't say that there's a distinction between loud noises and soft noises. We can't say such a thing. How could we say that there's a distinction between the blacksmith and the carpenter? It's not, it's not sharp enough of a distinction. So if he did outlaw using Kalim, presumably he should have outlawed the work of carpenters as well. 
The mission, which is saying is a lot to be done, is when you're using a saw. A saw doesn't really make noise. How about Katina? We're dealing with an axe. An axe wouldn't make noise. And obviously, when you use a saw, there's no question it makes some noise. But it's not, it's not a loud noise. A hammer or something which bangs could be loud. So an axe, even though it's wooden, it makes, and it makes a smaller amount of noise. We're coming out in a Hanami. The axe is forbidden. We're not going to distinguish between the, the decibel level coming from the coming from the, the blacksmith versus the carpenter. Both of those are awesome. But the point that we're making is that something which is just a saw, which isn't such a banging kind of noise, so then it's permitted. He only asks for the banging sort of noises. Says the Gemara, another, another answer, in our Mishnah, which was Matur them, we're talking about before the Xer, the other Mishnah, in other words, it's not so shvet to say that in Achanami, after the Takana was made, then our Mishnah wouldn't be true. Our Mishnah was just stating what the Halacha would be, and our Mishnah here in Moika, and before Yochanan Koengalo came along and changed it. Says the Gemara, another approach, Rav Ashi Amar Har, that really depends if we go like Rabbi Yehuda or Rabbi Yossi. Now, we haven't learned this about this yet. We're going to learn about this on the base. According to Rabbi Yehuda, um, you can do, he holds work done on Cholamoid for Davar Avod, you have to make a Shinoi. Whereas according to Rabbi Yossi, the work done on Cholamoid for Davar Avod doesn't need a Shinoi at all. We're going to learn about that. So this is Davar Avod here because we don't want the thieves to come in. So our mission is Matar to do it regularly. It goes like Rabbi Yossi. And according to Rabbi Yossi, then we have to say Rabbi Yossi never made such a... Uh, such a such a takana, or that it wasn't accepted, because we see from him that he's much more lenient davar of it. You could just do it regularly, whereas the mission over there that's limiting. We don't use tools and this and that. That's going only like Rabbi Yehuda. Who is the tana that requires some changing from the normal way to stop a davar of it? Look, Rabbi it's not like Rabbi Yosef. Rabbi Yosef would be more lenient. He would say, "If it's davar of it, you can just do it freely." Whose opinion do we go like when nowadays we're matra putting back the lintel over the door? We do it regularly. We use our regular tools when the wood falls off. So we, we do it regularly. We nail it in securely. However, we do it during when it wouldn't be the regular. Come on, who do we follow? Karebiosi. So we're coming out. Our Mishnah, which is Matarals Davar Ha'avud, to repair the doors and the locks and the bolts regularly, may not be Lukuli Alma. It may only be Ladas Rebiosi. All right, then the mission said, We're talking about a lot of pickle food. So he said, If you're going to pickle food that's going to be ready for eating on Cholomoed, then you're allowed to. But if it, presumably, if it's not going to be ready until afterwards, then it would be awesome. So the Gemara says a story, Bedisa Levi Kavri. The Bedisa Levi brought fish. So what, what does that mean? The Bedisa is the name of a river, and Levi is a place. So what happened was that the river seemed to be drained. So there were many fish that were now all lying on the bed, river bread, and they were very easy to. To take, so basically it overflowed in the bank, so now there's just a ton of fish here on the riverbank, so everybody wants them. So also, Kuli Amot Sud Aisi Kavar, everybody went out with the, and with the catch to, to kill, catch their fish here on Cholomoy. Shaldi Rava, the Mimlach Menau. Rava said it was mutter for them to put whatever, whatever ones that they didn't eat. They, so obviously they ate some fresh fish, but then they had some fish which they didn't use. So Rava said it was mutter to take the fish that they didn't use that weren't necessary here for Cholomoy to put them into salt. What's the point of this? You're pickling them, and when you're pickling them, you're go, they're not going to be, they're not going to be edible because they get so um, stuck with salt that they're not going to be edible for a long time until it dries out further. Rava was still mad to them to salt the fish on Cholamoid to eat after Cholamoid. So again, you got these fish, people take the fish, they eat what they have, and then they have leftover fish that they're not going to use. Rava says, you know what, salt it, and even though it's not, it's going to be totally inedible until after it totally dries out, don't worry about it, you're still allowed to do that. So the Gemara says, what about our mission? Our mission says, if I have the pickled food that I want to pickle, and it's going to be 
edible on Cholamoid, I'm allowed to. The implication is that you cannot pickle foods on Cholamoid if it's only going to be edible and usable after Cholamoid. Pickling essentially is something that's also, you're only allowed to do it if it's for the festival. It sounds like there's something wrong with, with, with pickling. Now, pickling might either be too much uh, tercha or pickling might be something which is like ma'abe. One of the 39 malachas is, is tanning hides, right? When you're preserving them, hardening them. So somebody can say that maybe doing that with food is also somewhat like the malach ma'abe. At any rate, that's what our Mishnah implied. Our Mishnah implied you're only allowed to pickle the things if they can be eaten on the moed. So here, Rav is, is saying you can put them in the fish and then you're only going to have them even though they're not going to be edible until afterwards. So how is that allowed? So Rav said, I'm a lay Rav said to buy Kivan to me, Kara, I when they originally brought the fish home, what was the plan? They were planning on eating them. So meaning it wasn't that they were planning on having them left over. I mean, they, they brought them legitimately planning on eating them. And now at this point, if you wouldn't let them preserve, if you wouldn't let preserving them in, in, in the salt, if you would leave the extra fish and not salt it, it would spoil. So therefore... So it's just like the law that we learned about merchandise that will be lost if you don't sell it. And it's therefore mother to pickle them. So even though it is an issue, the Mishnah was saying you're not supposed to be pickling things if they're not going to be edible because then you're doing a malacha, which is not the moed. But here, they brought them home permissively. And now, in this case, if they, don't, if they don't do anything to it, it's going to go bad. So there's a special hatter, just like we can sell merchandise, which would be lost if you wouldn't sell on a chalamoid. So to here, you'd be allowed to salt the fish. Says the Gemara, another version of Rav said from the outset, it was much for them to go catch, bring them home, and salt them. Meaning, it's not the Pshat, they brought it, and they're planning on eating it, and now there's leftover stuff, and there's going to be Dover Ravis who are Matar. No, initially he said, go get as much fish as you want, even though we knew you were going to go ahead and salt it. So this is very different than the first Lashon. The Pshat in the first Lashon is specific because they brought her home permissibly, planning on eating it. Now, Stam, they have left some sort of too much of an overabundance of stuff. So we're saying, oh, at this point, you can pickle it, you can preserve it, because if not, it will go bad. But here, in the second Lashon, the Amri, we're saying it's mutter to go catch it um, and salt it. That was the plan for the very outset. So the Gemara says, in the second Lashon, what did our Mishnah say? That you can pickle all the things which you're going to eat for a cholamoid. You can't pickle foods that are for afterwards. So how can you do it? Amalei, Rabbi said, It's not true that when you salt it, it, won't, it will become an edible. Theoretically, you could do this pressing process. You could squeeze out the fish and force the salt out. It would dry it out. And, and dried salted fish would be edible. So it's not true that when you're salting it, it's going to be completely inedible. Where do we see such a thing? Such a metzias. It's like the case with Shmuel. They did 60 pressings. They had some freshly salted fish. They Press it 60 times, it quickly dried out, and then Shmuel, in fact, was able to eat it. Similar thing, Rabbi Klebeirish Galusa, Rabbi once went to the house of Rish Galusa, Abdulushitin, Itzatzi, Vachal. They did 60 pressings for the fish, and he ate it. Rabbi Klebeirish Rav Shafir, Rabbi went to the house of Rav Shafir. And what happened? They brought him a fish. Tilsa bishula, a third of it was boiled. Tilsa milcha, a third was salted. And a third of it was broiled. Okay, it's not so clear what, what you know what the uh, what the point of this is, but, uh, but it seems to say that the point that we're saying was boiled it was boiled is perhaps saying that um, it was very heavily salted and then they pressed it and made it edible. So maybe that's why again we see this concept of pressing making heavily salted fish edible. Okay, now the Gemara just continues a little bit about eating fish. Amarab Amali Ada Sayada Ada the fisherman told me. 
The fish is good when it's about to spoil. Very interesting thing. The Gemara's advice is not to eat the fish when it's freshest, but rather to eat the fish when it's about to spoil. So as the Gemara of Amar Rav, another comment, the fisherman said, that how do you eat fish? It's good to eat fish. You broil with the brother. What does it mean with the brother? The brother is salt. Why, why is it the brother of fish? Because Rashi explains because they both... Um, have the same the same conditions where they grow up. They both are from the sea. Both the fish and the salt are from the sea. So it's good to eat uh, the fish with its brother, the salt. Then you put it in the father. You put it in the water. It's good to, after you boil it, then you put it into some cold water to cool it, which will sweeten it up. When you go to eat it, you should eat it with the sun, meaning you should put it into some um, fish broth. That comes out of the fish while it boils. And then afterwards you drink the father. Afterwards you drink some water after eating the fish. Says the Gemara further, The fisherman said, Fish, crest, and milk, let's and gufa. You should, you should do something with your body. Meaning go walk around, go do some exercise. Don't go right to the bed. It won't be healthy. Says the Gemara, one more point. The fisherman said, Fish, crest, and milk. What should you do? Drink water and not beer. And beer over wine. And if you don't have water and you're choosing between beer and wine, beer would be better. Says the new parag. Somebody turned over his olives. What's going on? Before you have olives, you want to press them for oil, but before they're pressed, they're put into a vat and they put them in tight conditions and the pressure all in other, they soften each other. Once they become soft, then they're turned over and then they're put by the press. So as soon, the idea is that the metzias is as soon as you turn over the olives to press them, if you don't press them immediately, they will spoil. That's the metzias. So somebody already turned over his olives. And the plan is that he's going to immediately press them because or else they're going to go bad. But what happened? Vero Evo. Suddenly he became an oval. And when somebody becomes an oval, the halacha is the seven days after the mourner, after the relative dies. So the mourner can't do malacha. It's a din with Rabbanon because he, we don't want it to forget to mourn. So here you have a very interesting thing. He's going to have a significant loss this morning if he doesn't follow through and do the malacha of pressing his olives. Oh, ones. Or let's say somebody did it. We're talking about before. Chalhamoe. He turned over his olives. And then he had, and he wasn't able to press them because an onus happened. There's do pull them. We were workers. He hired, tricked him, and they were going to do it. And then, the, and then they didn't show up. And suddenly now it's the ragel. So what's the halacha? If you don't do it, if you don't immediately press them, then there's going to be a loss of money. So the halacha is towing kar rishona. You're allowed to load the beam for one time in chalamod, and then leave it till after the regular. Notice you can do it one time, so it shouldn't be such a significant dover avod. But more than that, you're not allowed to do. So we're dealing with the malacha, squeezing olives out of, of out of out of um, squeezing oil out of olives is forbidden. That's dosh. That's extracting the liquid from the solid. You're not allowed to do that. So it's bad to malacha. Elamai, there's a heter here because of davar avod. There would be a significant loss. So Rabbi Yudah is saying there's significant loss, but you're not allowed to do it a second time. Only one time. The idea is you have to make up something unusual, not the most best uh, way that you would make the oil. So only one press, not two. Rabbi Yudah, you pour the olives in the press, you finish pressing it, and you seal. You do everything regularly. So this was the machlokas that we referenced on the Ahmed Aleph. When you have a hatar of davar avod on chalamoid. According to Rabbi Yehuda, see, you don't have to deviate at all. You can do it totally regular. According to Rabbi Yehuda, you have to deviate somewhat. You can't do it totally regular. 
So it's very interesting because the Mishnah started off with a case discussing with somebody who, who turned over the olives and then he became an oval. The Mishnah didn't give a psak of what he could do. Then the second part of the Mishnah starts talking about if that thing happened by Chol HaMoed, so now with Tavar HaMoed, you're allowed to do the work on Chol HaMoed, maybe with unusual, maybe with Akhul you're allowed to do Mulacha. So the Gemara says, possible. Well, the Mishnah started off talking about what to do if somebody quickly became a mourner before he had a chance to press. But he didn't give him sack for seeing Bamod. Instead of telling us the halacha is if suddenly he became a mourner, we suddenly switch to talk about the case where suddenly it's Cholamod. So the question that the Mar is bothered by is that the Mishnah never gave the psaq for somebody who quickly went into mourning before he was able to press his alas. What's the halacha? Does he have a tougher of a situation? Is it mutter for a mourner to do a malacha? Because if not, it will be a loss of money. Or do we say, that, um, that maybe a mourner doesn't have a hatter to do malacha when there's loss of money. So the Gemara says, Amar, she should be doing Vidi, Zosamaris. You know what the mission is coming to say? It's probably talking about Moed, that the things that are Matron Kalmud are also during the days of mourning, meaning that's goof of what the mission means to imply. In the times of mourning, we're not going to give you the hatter. We're not going to give you the psak. It's only in the case of Ones, only in the case where something happened that he wasn't able to do it before Cholamoid. There we have a hatter on Cholamoid to do it. Cholamoid, you had of Dover but for, for somebody who entered into mourning, there is no heter of Dabar Avod. He himself is not allowed to press the olives. He has to be busy mourning. He's not allowed to do malacha. So according to the first opinion, doing malacha as a mourner is more strict than doing malacha during Cholamoy. During Cholamoy, you have heter of Dabar Avod. And when someone is a mourner, they don't have the heter of Dabar Avod. Says the Gemara, another opinion says the opposite. Ravashim, the Mishnah is saying a style that is not necessary. That's the, sometimes the, tile, the way that the Tana teaches. Lomi by Mavlos, certainly during the time of Avelos. The whole origin of the Isra to do malacha. When you're in Avlos Alma de Rabbanon, just to focus on mourning. So there, for sure, it's Matar of Dabar Avod. Since, since the whole origin of the din, to, to be a mourner, to, to refrain from Malacha, the whole origin of the din is only Rabbanon, for sure they would be Mekel because of Dabar Avod. The Chiddush is even Dabar Avod, the Israel Malacha Dabar The origin comes from the Torah. And this is a very fundamental Gemara for us in, in Moed Katan, that the, the basic idea not to do Malacha, at least the concept, comes from the Torah in Cholamoid. The, the, the concept comes from the Gemara. And Chagiga elaborates, it says that you're supposed to Chagamatsos, Tishmar, Tegar Chagamatsos, which means to refrain from Malacha. And then it says Sheva Selman for seven days. So we see that there's an Israel doing Malacha for seven days, for all seven days, even during Kolomoy. Now, it could be that the specifics were left with the Rabbana, but Al Kopanim, the very, the very concept itself, the idea that during Kolomoy you're not supposed to do Malacha, that's something which comes from the Torah. So therefore, you would have said, since it comes from the Torah, you can't be Mako. We're saying no. Rabbanah were make on a case of loss. So the mission didn't say anything about the mourner because it went without saying that it's mother. Fakir, it leaves it that it's obvious for a mourner to press the olives. The mission is saying even on Cholamad you're allowed. So we end up with a really fun, uh, interesting machlokas between Rav Shisha and Rav Asher. Rav Shisha holds Dabar Avod is also for an Avod. Rav Asher holds Dabar Avod is mother for the Avod. So the Gemara says, Tanya, there's a Bryce that says, with Rav Shisha, that it's also for the Avel. And Avel does not have a hatter to do Malach of Dabar Avod. Instead, he has to focus on his mourning. Because the Bryce says, These are things that other people could do for a mourner while he is mourning. Meaning, even though the mourner can't do it himself, other people could do it for him. If the Al is already turned over, they could load the beam so that he can't do it. He doesn't have to do malach, but other people could do it for him. 
If his barrel needs to be sealed, the Bishon allows when a mishra, his flax needs to be taken out from the pool. Samar allows when a yara, the wool needs to be taken out from the vat. All these things that could be a loss of money if he, if he is not taken care of, so he can't do it, but other people could do it for him. They may water his field when it's time for his watering. So what are we talking about? It was a group of farmers that had a rotation to water all the fields in the valley. So let's say it's the mourner's turn during his period, so there's a, someone else can, can take his place and he can water all of the fields. At any rate, what do we see from here? That when there's a that, that when there's a davar of a situation for Ava, we don't say that he himself personally is allowed to do the malacha. He's not allowed to, just like Rav Shisha said. Instead, we just say that other people should step up and do it for him. So therefore, we see Rav Shisha was right. There's no hetter of davar Ava for an Ava. It's only a hetter of Echolamoid. Continues the bride's review to Amr Avzaron of Southern Air. There's another example. Let's say he already has a plowed field, and if he doesn't plant now, he's going to miss the planting season. So other people could, could plant for him. A Sato Mada's Abishan or a field that's designated for flax. In these cases, if the flax isn't planted at the proper time, it can't be planted later on this year. So therefore, we would say, even though he himself can't plant it, but other people could do it so that he doesn't have a loss. So Amr Lo, the Chum said back to Rabbi Yudah, no, that's not a good enough loss of money because Amr Lo, this is If the plowed field is not, is not planted right way early in the season, it could be done later. If you don't plant the flax, which can only be done now, but you can do it with another type of seed. So it's not a big loss of money. Rabbi Yudah is saying that even the minimal loss of money is enough to justify someone else doing the malacha for him. But, um, but, but we don't say such a thing for uh, reviews that even a minimal amount of a loss is okay. The Rabbanon are saying no, a minimal loss of money doesn't give a hat to it, it has to be more substantial. So it's just a question of when you're going to plant that we don't give a hat to it. Continues the bride, what happens, right? We keep on saying that other people should do it instead of him. What happens if his olives are turned over and there's no one else to do it but him? No one else is able or knows how to do it. The barrel needs to be sealed. No one else can do it but him. Bishon allows him to make sure when he's his flat taken out for the pool. Zarma allows him to yard, the wool to come out from the vat. Again, there's no other worker who's skilled enough to do it but him. In that case, he is allowed to do it as long as he does it privately. So here we see a nice cool up. And it's only preferable that other people do it. But Lamaisa, if there's no one else as skilled as him and he's the only one who can do it, then we, in fact, give a hat there. Now, it seems to be unclear in the Rishonim and Postkim whether or not Rabbi Shimon Gamil is arguing in the Tanakhama or he's explaining. You know, does the Tanakhama say otherwise explicitly? He did not. So some people say Rabbi Shimon Gamil is just explaining that it's only preferable, doesn't do malacha, even Dabar Avid, other people do it for him. But if he's the only one who is skilled, then he doesn't. And in fact, that, that reflects on what the Tanakhama held as well. Says the bride, so yes, can even more over Amr Shimon Gamliel. Let's say this guy works for the public, or he's the barber or the bathhouse attendant for the public. And now the festival comes, and people need to go to the bathhouse, people need haircuts, and he's the only guy, but he's an Avil. So what do we say? He should do it himself, even though it's being done publicly, and everybody knows, hey, he's an Avil. But since it's necessary for him to do it for the Tzorech Rabim, there's a hatter for the Avil to do Malacha. Says the Bryce of Vita, our reason, Rachakun Rachabloni is sharecroppers, farmers who pay a certain rent to work, or salary people who work in the field. They shouldn't do it themselves, the mourner, but they can have other people do it for them while they're in mourning. So, what's going on? If all these people, if they don't do it, then it's going to be a loss of money. A loss of money for who? Not for themselves, but it's going to be for the owner of the field, like a sharecropper. That's the whole point. You go and work, and then because you work, so you're going to get whatever percentage you're going to get as a sharecropper, but I also benefit. Whereas if you sow and nobody works the field, the owner of the field will get nothing. Um, so therefore, since there's going to be a loss of money, a loss of money here, so we say that the other people can go do the malacha for the mourner who is a sharecropper. 
Another example, people who lease out donkeys, camels, or boats, or Eloyasa, you can't make a new lease during the time of Avelis. Right? It's not considered a Dover Ovid. Initiating a new rental here is not a Dover Ovid. So therefore, you're not allowed to initiate, they're not allowed to initiate a new lease while they're in mourning. But let's say the mourner, their animals, were other hired out to other people to work for a long amount of time. In other words, they have a schedule. You know, this is the donkeys rented for the month or something like that. Before they became a, m- a mourner, they entered into a lease where they are going to, or their animal is going to be uh, working for an extended time. Or he'll ask them, and they're allowed to do malacha during that time. Why? Because if not, they're going to, if they don't get, if they don't, if they don't get, if they don't do the work, they might not get paid at all. In this case, it's an extended period that the lease is for, and now he becomes a mourner. If he's not going to do it, then they might lose the entire wages, or his employer also might get a loss if he can't if he cancels something like that. So therefore, he has a hazard to continue working even though he is in avol, really big chiddush. Not only can other people do it, he himself can do it. Rashi explains a sharecropper doesn't have this hat there. Sharecroppers are easy to find. You find one guy, find another guy. So then, in that case, even though it's going to cause a loss of money to the employer, to the owner of the field, other people should do it, but not the mortar themselves. In this case, we have a hat there for the donkey driver themselves to do it. It's because it's hard to find such a good lease and a long enough thing. So if there was an extended one, two month lease or something like that, and then it became a mourner, he himself was able to finish it out. It's clear, young, but if he's just hired for one day, and now it becomes a mourner in the middle of the day. Even if he's working in another city where no one knows he's a novel, he's not allowed to continue his work because this day worker is paid off for whatever he did until that point. So whatever losses he's going to suffer isn't going to be so big. It's just the amount that he's not going to work. So therefore, he doesn't have a hat there to continue his work. In the other case, where it's an extended period and we're very nervous that you're not going to get all, you're going to lose all the wages, the entire remaining part of the contract if you don't work today. So then since you might stand to lose the entire extended market or the, the time of the contract, we'll let you work. Whereas here, you're just hired until the middle of the day. It's just a question of losing in the, the amount of wages at the end of the day. That's not a good enough justification to do the malacha when you're in Aval. Continues the right, so another halacha. Let's say he has the work of other people in his hand, meaning he's a contractor. And, and he was hired to do malacha on someone else's stuff. And he's holding the other people's stuff. And now he becomes a mourner. Obviously, even if it's a, a, a kablam, where there's no time constraint. He's not working per hour. He's working, um, you know, just uh, by, 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 by commission for whatever job he does. So that, in other words, let's say, I'm going to make you a suit. So it's not, I'm not, I'm not being paid by how many hours it takes me to make the suit. I'm being paid for the suit. So the time is mine completely, however long it takes. When I work, it's all up to me. The point is, I'm just being paid for the general task. So even though it's like that, lo yasa, he's not allowed to do it while he's a mourner. He can do it afterwards, right? It's on his own. Even if he doesn't do it now, it's not under a specific time. So it's not such a big loss if you put off the work until after your morning. So there's definitely no hetter. He gets no hetter whatsoever. Here, again, generally, even a mortar, even Dabra Ovid is not so important. It has to be something really significant, like we said, the one thing with the extended lease, but otherwise, even Dabra Ovid, we're not making. So in this case, his mom's not even a Dabra Ovid, he could just do it afterwards, so it's not allowed. So the Gemara understands the statement that we just said. We said if he's hired out to, you know, make a suit for somebody else, he's not allowed to do it. So the Gemara says, Afal Pishabikos, even though it's a Kabbalan where he's not paid by the hour, and it's not necessary to speak about it in a case where he's paid by the hour. Other Abba, just the opposite, in a case where he's a Kabbalan, he's not paid by the hour, but he's a Kabbalan, he's just being paid by the job. Certainly, it's his own time, meaning certainly he could push it off to afterwards. He's not going to have a loss of money. Certainly, therefore, there's no time constraint. It should be also to do it when he's a mourner. It's a bigger cut to say, even if he is paid by the hour, he can't. And the answer still would be because 
he could push it off so it's not a significant enough amount of loss of money. But the question is, why did the Bryson say even though he's a Kabbalan? It's just the opposite. It's a bigger Chiddush if he's not a Kabbalan, he's being paid by the hour, that we still say it's awesome. So the Gemara amends the price. El Eim rather say, whether it's contracted, even if it's not contracted, based on the job. Even if he is being paid by the time, lo yas, he still is not allowed to do it because even if he's not totally free from time, but he still has a leeway to postpone the work till after Avelis. We assume nothing too crazy is gonna happen if he postpones it, even though he has a time constraint, but it's not a big deal for him to push it off, for him to push it off somewhat until after the morning. So basically, the idea is for a mourner, there's gotta be a really, really, really significant, tremendous loss of money for us to see that he's gonna be allowed to do the malacha while he's a mourner. Then the bride's continues, let's say his work is in the hands of other people, meaning he had contracted other people to do work for him. So he, the mourner's not going to do the work. The question is, here he, he hired out other people to do work for him. So what's that? So if it's in his own house, they can't do the work. So meaning like, let's say you called out a plumber. A plumber can't do a malacha in the house of the mourner. Why is that? Because people are going to either admire sign that he's doing the work himself, the mourner's doing the work himself, which is also, or that you hired the worker specifically during the mourning period, which is also also. So we say, you're not allowed to have the work be done in your own house. But if it's in the house of the worker, not of the mourner, then it would be allowed. So this case is talking about a din that if the mourner is not doing the malacha, but the question is he already hired somebody else to do, um, to do malacha for him, could it be done while he is a mourner? So therefore we are saying that as long as it's not in, his, in the mourner's house, it's mother, but in the mourner's house, it's a marasayan issue, we don't allow it. So now the Gemara says the story, in Marian, Bereid the Ravid, Marian, the son of Ravid. And somebody else, Mad, son of Rachel, the son of Rava, they owned a yoke of two oxen, meaning each one of them owned an animal, and they, they had a yoke that was shared between them, and they would, they would work together. Israel, then something sad happened to Mar, meaning he became a mourner. One of his relatives died, he became a mourner. So he took off the yoke. Why? Because he didn't want to benefit from the work that his animal would do when he was in mourning. Not only should you not do malacha when you're a mourner, but you can't even have your animals do malacha for you. It's like, you know, you can't go tell people. And we said, the one thing we said before was a case of Big Maris Ayan. I'm sorry, Big Dover Avod. Like, well, you know, you, you had the, the, the olives that might go bad. You said other people could do the work for you. But here it seems like you shouldn't never have your animals be working for you when you're an avod. So therefore, Mar was taking out Mar was taking out the yoke because he didn't want to benefit from what his animal would do. So Amar Avashi, Gavar Rabba, Kabar Ravacha, Avad Achi, great man like Mar would do that. Maybe he's not Choshesh for his own loss. In other words, that's the, he knew the halacha mourner can't, can't work, so he didn't care that he was going to lose the work. Seder, we could understand that. What about the loss for Mario? Mario, if he's going to take away his ox from it, so you're causing Mario to have a loss because now Mario can't plow his own field. But that's, in other words, there's nothing wrong with that. Mar is not going to benefit from Mario's field being plowed. So then, if he's, if, 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 why in the world is. Um, Mar being all from here and taking off the yoke and making sure that his animal doesn't do work, Lamai saw as long as he would just be plowing in Marion's field, it wouldn't be a problem. You want to say not to do it in your own field, fine, we can understand. But here you have the partnership, your ox goes together with your partner, so let him do it in your partner's field while you're mourning. What's the big deal? You can't have, I know you cannot benefit from the work that your, your animal is doing for you, but if it's doing it for your partner, what's the big deal? 
Um, and the Gemara reinforces Vatani. It says in a bride, they were mourners, and then their animals were hired out to other people. So they're allowed to do it during the mourning period. Why? Because we don't want to give a loss to the employer. So we see that as long as it's not a benefit to the mourner, we're doing it out the loss for the employer, then it's okay. There's like a pre-existing contract, and the mourning animal is supposed to work for somebody. And if they don't do it, there's going to be a loss of money for them. It's much for the animals, for the animal to work. So why is Mar not allowing his animal to work? And not, even in Marion's field, what do you mean? This is going to cause Marion a loss. So the Gemara answers, Yusufar, Adam Chashev Shani. Mar thought that, 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 he thought that Adam Chashev is different. He has a stricter standard. So he wouldn't monitor his animal to continue working at all. In other words, somebody might assume that, you know, he's Dafka doing this while he's a mourner and his, his animal can't work. And now he's, you know, engaging in some side business deal here together with a new partner while he's a mourner, which is not supposed to be done. So in order that not to avoid that and make sure that Adam Chashev, no one ever would, would, would suspect of doing the wrong thing. So he had to be super machmir. And when he was in Avelos, Mar pulled out his animal from doing malach at all, even though it did cause Marion a loss. So we learned some really interesting things here about the... Uh, we definitely have a heter. We know about on Cholamoid from Malacha to be done. Achlokas Tanam, whether it can be done even regularly. But there's definitely a heter of Davar Avod. For a mourner, we learned the big Machlokas in the Amarama. If a mourner has a heter of Davar Avod, we end up really proving from the price that there's not a simple heter for a mourner to have Davar Avod. There are certain scenarios where other people can do the Malacha for him. Um, we learned, and we obviously can do the malacha for him. We learned about some extenuating circumstances where, like, there's a long term lease. If he doesn't do it now, he might not get anything, but we might be mater the mourner. But, but usually, we're not mater the uh, mourner even for Davar Avud. Um, we spoke about that if he's a, a cobbler to do a job for somebody, he should try to push it off. If, if other people are doing work for him, they shouldn't do it in the mourner's house, so on and so forth. These are the basic halachas of a mourner trying to refrain from malacha.